This upcoming podcast is rated M for Mature. We use swearsies and talk about adult stuff. All contents herein are for entertainment purposes only, and all stated opinions, views, and jokes are those of the person making them and should not be taken as any sort of gospel. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody! Welcome to the Utah Outcasts. A uh, it's a show. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend to have any of the other stuff out there. This is episode number four hundred and one, and I'm glad to have you along for the ride. I'm your host X. I'm, I'm your host X, and joining me this week is uh, Andy, who's a returning champion, joining us uh, from way down in Austin, Texas, joining us on the hey. Utah Outcasts. And he gets special billing because he spent more than enough time in Utah. So <laughs> I I did. Yes. And uh, such an outcast from Utah that I was literally cast out. So I <laughs> uh, uh, grew up in in Provo and uh, oh, went to high school and boy. college in in the the university that shall not be named in Provo, Utah. Uh, earned so. my degree from there and then. <laughs> GTFO from the state to uh, places elsewhere. So if uh, if that doesn't tell you the pedigree of Andy, <laughs> nothing uh, else will. You know, he probably wore the sweaty armor for many a year. You know, <laughs> indeed, yeah. I heard a Mormon guy talk about that being what they called it, and I was just like, God, that's hilarious. <laughs> I had not heard it referred to that, but but in retrospect, I can I can definitely see that. Well, yeah. his whole thing was um, talking about uh, going into Mormonism, and you starting off as like a level one character, and as as every year that you get older, you gain different abilities and different skills, and then till like you hit like return missionary like twenty twenty one, where you can obtain the sweaty armor. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much like that. It, uh, probably an insight into why I, I always va- uh, gravitate towards playing paladin characters in my D&D <laughs> Yeah, the book I was uh, just reading had paladins in it, and they hate this undead guy that's actually very competent. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly that. Um, but yeah, the whole, like, taking an oath at level three, and then, you know, every other couple levels, you get new power abilities from your, <laughs> from your paladin oath. You know, yep. that's uh, that is very Mormon. Very Mormon. So, yeah. Uh, So, you know, when I was at like level uh, 15 or whatever, uh, I just started taking levels in Bard instead. And I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm going to (laughs) go, you know, do something else. Yeah. 16 is when I got into my Bardness. You know, that drama (laughs) drama in high school was amazing, man. Let me just say like that. And I went to Fremont High School. Fremont High School is out in the middle of fucking nowhere, guys. This is a it is a. You probably didn't travel north too much, but like, do you know where Willard Bay was? Yeah, like, sure. It yeah. was near there. So like it's near the Smith and Edwards, like Army, Navy. Uh, what the hell? The Smith and Edwards. Yeah. Smith so, and Edwards surplus plus. Yeah, it's Smith a it's an Edwards, Army surplus gold. store, but they have like acres of old bullshit that they have on their property, mm-hmm. like pick and pull where you can go. And if they have it for if they have it there, you can buy it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, ironically, it's also speaking of dungeons, way the fuck dungeons. north, guys. Way the fuck north. <laughs> way the fuck north. But, but almost Brigham uh, City. Brigham City's really fucking north for people not in Utah. So, 
Almost in, Idaho. In recent, almost Idaho. <laughs> in a recent D and D campaign, uh, I had my people uh, go into a store that was very much modeled Based on, on <laughs> Smith and Edwards, and I'm like, oh, hey, you know, go down this aisle, and there's your guns, and go down there, there's your swords out back, there's tanks, and so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Smith and Edwards. God, it's fun, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I haven't thought about that place in a while. <laughs> so, anyway, find us on Twitch every Saturday, uh, starting at 8 p.m. Mountain Time ish, because I'm not going to hold myself to any schedule and you're not my master. So, uh, let's see. You can find us at, I was going to say, find the new YouTube channel, but I've kind of been losing faith in YouTube as a platform, man. It, um, it's not very friendly to creators anymore unless you have corporate backing or you have, you know, some sort of rich asshole buying all sorts of like advertising on that platform. It's hard for a relatively unknown to get any kind of airtime. So whatever, YouTube. <laughs> it's really um, tough out there. Yeah. So, I, Andy, I, uh this, this is the part of the show where I ask you guys anybody that's on the show to talk about what you've been up to recently. So, I'll give sure. it to you what you've been up to. Uh, well, um, I do have something to plug, which is uh, our podcast, Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye, which you just celebrated 400 episodes. Yeah. We just, <laughs> we just did our 100th, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and uh, for our 100th episode, we planned out what we're going to do uh, next year during 2023 all of the franchises and all the films that we'll be reviewing over there. Uh, so uh, go check out Kiss so Your Franchise people, Goodbye. On camera. Oh, you can't really see it. It's not focusing on it. Ooh. God damn it. Oh, there you go. I'm terrible. I didn't subscribe, but I just did. So there we go. Oh, yeah, wonderful. <laughs> hey, <laughs> check it out. Yeah, we're going to, um, starting in December, January, I know people have been waiting for us to do Rocky. Uh, so we're going to do Rocky and we'll uh, roll up on Creed right about the same time that the uh, new Creed movie comes out in March. Rocky's so wild gonna because be a lot of fun. it started off with like such heart and such good intention. And then it became this weird jingoistic fucking show until Rocky. What, what was the one with the uh, with Tommy Gunn? What the fuck was that one? Was that four? Was that five? No, that's. I think that's five. <laughs> um, yeah, five is the because five's the Street Fighter one. That's weird. That one's really weird. Where Rocky was losing uh, his son because the other guy was being more of a dad figure to him, and just oh, oh no, that's Rocky Balboa. That one's yeah. Oh, see, or, I haven't even seen that yeah. one. God damn it! But I've seen Creed, and Creed was fantastic, man. Creed's great. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, really been enjoying the Creed movies, and. Uh, uh, I have a lot to say about, you know, I, we did the podcast because we wanted to be both fans of franchise filmmaking mm-hmm. and also critical of the fact that everything right now seems like it, it's, it's a sequel. It's a reboot. Yeah. Why is that? What are the business reasons behind that? What are the economic forces that are, you know, making it so that that's all that we're getting uh, <laughs> and, and, try to interrogate these things. Um, and so it's, it's interesting when we actually sometimes get something that is a little bit artful out of this. Yeah. And I feel like we've, we've gotten some of that. With- well, it's funny to me because there's a lot of people that claim like current movie making is all sequels. And I'm like, you guys haven't been paying attention very long, man. <laughs> 
Yeah. Airplane. It's, it's, it's airplane not new. Came, airplane came out like in the early 80s and they made a sequel where it's Airplane 2 literally called the sequel. <laughs> yeah. And Airplane was making fun of, uh, you know, the series of movies of Airport, the airport Disaster movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, th- this isn't new. It's why we started season one with James Bond. Yeah. And we did every single James Bond movie because... <laughs> Yeah, this isn't new, people, nope. and that's okay. Uh, but let, let's let's talk about it, right? So that's a kiss your franchise goodbye, right? So everybody knows yeah, to go check absolutely. that out. So awesome. Uh, let's see. For me, this week, uh, not this week. Uh, for me, for like the last couple of weeks, there's a new game that I, I downloaded an app for on my iPhone. Been primarily Uh-oh. playing it on my iPad because it's better because it's a bigger screen. It's a game called Nikkei goddess of victory and i know it sounds stupid already but it's a sci-fi kind of like harem anime kind of game and up oh <laughs> just hang on but it's like it's really well done it's very well produced it's it looks good and it's free to play you can always buy more but free to play every day gives you about three hours worth of content so i mean it's been a lot of fun and yes it is a gachapon game, so it's one of those uh, you get to pull random, you know, character pools where you get like a cu- certain number of pools every couple of days, or if you put enough points into it, you can get more pools. And uh, I've been enjoying the shit out of that. And so I never thought I'd get sucked into a game like this, but this one's really got me. I've been enjoying the hell out of it. There's a lot of cheesecake. I'm just saying. <laughs> There's just like. Boy, I wonder why they chose the behind their back, you know, as they're squatting down to shoot their machine guns at the bad guy's view. But like, I'm sure that works for a lot of people. But like, to me, I just I've I've been enjoying the tactics of it. It's weird. Like I play I play a lot of hentai games and I'm not ashamed of this. I play hentai on main on my Steam account. This isn't that guys. If if this is your idea, idea of like a dirty you know, shoot them up kind of game. You're not, you're not looking like, hard. Oh, enough, you man. have no idea. You have no yeah. idea. No, this is like, this is just light level. Like, look, there's a lady with her butt there, you know, with the skirt hanging over it. Oh no. Her butt jiggles when she shoots. It's like how tame this is compared to some of the other stuff I've played. And for me, it's like, it's not so much the uh, look at her butt. It's more of a, I, you actually get story elements where you talk to these because they're all girl soldiers but they're like, um, I don't want to say cyborgs, but I guess they would be androids. They were at one time human, but now they're just mass produced ladies of war kind of thing. And you as like a, a commander in the game, you get to get relationships with them. It's not like a whole like you're going to stoop them or anything like that. It's just mainly you get to know them better. And it's just it's nice because they have good voice acting for once in a, one of these games. Like you get a lot of anime type games and they suck. Because they don't have any good voice acting. This one has like people like actual Lisa Ortiz from the Slayers. And she's one of my favorite voice actors in American dubs. So I big fan. I like the game. You might not That's like great. it. Your your mileage may vary, but I've put probably a hundred hours into this game already. <laughs> and it's right. it's repetitive, but I like that because it's just I know what I'm gonna do whenever I the Whenever the server clock ticks over, I'm like, cool. I know what I need to do today to the point where I am second in command of a Japanese uh, <laughs> uh, union that's in the game. They, they call them unions, not like uh, 
guilds. But <laughs> that's great. It's wild, I mean, man. I'm just having a good time with it. And don't don't rain on my fucking parade. Play gotcha games; they're fun. So <laughs> it's like playing Genshin Impact, but instead of it being um, exactly instead of it being a Breath of the Wild clone, it's more of a point and click shooter. Is all it is. Like you have crosshairs on the screen, you shoot the bad guys. That's all it is. That's good great. times. So. You know, I don't know. Uh, have your vices. It doesn't matter whether it's Candy Crush or right. this or whatever. It's it's all the same. It's it's a little hint of a little hit of dopamine, right? Uh, and we're that's, all just trying to get get through our day, you know. And thankfully, the server ticks over right about the time where I start working for, at my job for the day. So it's nice to have something to distract me a little bit. You know, hey. I can still do my day job. While I'm also enjoying something else, and it makes me enjoy my work a little bit more. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get to thanking the uh, the people who are the new patrons of the channel. Thank you all so much for your support out there. Uh, Mike Neal has joined us for a whole year, and he did that right when I took the two weeks off. So sorry, Mike. I, I apologize for that. So you're going to get. Um, how about this one? Uh, uh, let's do this one. Living on your own by Carl. I love living alone. You know, I got my own life. <laughs> I'm not going to have some girl telling me, hey, wake up, get dressed. <laughs> I work out at home. They're going to push all this frilly, frou-frou stuff on me like, uh, you know, furniture or dishes or whatever. No, we do paper plates here. Hey, it's just like when I was in high school and then I quit. I'm still bald. Still single, <laughs> still loving it. So thank you, Mike, for your support. And uh, Andy Wilson, is that you? That's me. Oh, and you joined also as a patron. So thank you for that. So for yeah. that, you're going to get this one. Carl again. Physical fitness, whatever. You know, oh, it's my whatever. favorite. You do what you like to do. I do what I like to do, okay? <laughs> but you're a sucker. You're getting fed this line about how, like, you're going to live forever or whatever. You're going to die. Someone will kill you. Kill you. Someone will kill you with a Someone knife. Someone with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure your abs are uh, freaking ripped. ripped. You got some good guns. guns. You want to look good for when you get stabbed with a knife. Sorry, that's how it works. That's how it works. <laughs> Carl's great. That's my favorite. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite. I... I, uh, I I had a CD that I made sometime in like 2004, 2005 or whatever. And I just like, I went, the last time I moved, I found this old case of CDs and I just started like <laughs> randomly putting them in my car and listening to them with my kids. And that came up as like one of the things that was like in between songs or whatever. Oh, I used to do and that I, too. <laughs> my kids were like, what is this? And I'm like, it's Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, physical fitness, whatever. Whatever. You're going to live forever. Whatever. <laughs> like, Someone will kill you. Someone will kill you with a knife. Like some of them won't work quite so well in the in the current time that we live in. But there was a Space Ghost episode where he started singing a uh, version of Desperado, but it was something else. And I'm not going to repeat it because it's just rude. But <laughs> it, I used to put that and I love Brax. I love beans. And whenever anybody asked me to make them a mix CD because they didn't have the music, I'm like, Okay, I'm going to put some weird shit in there. <laughs> so every once in a while, I'll just drop a random thing into the middle. And huh, who knew that was going to lead me to podcasting? God. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so Space ghost. 
So if you want to count yourselves among the patrons that we honor each week, feel free to join us at patreon.com slash Utah Outcast for at least a buck a month. And uh, you'll find exclusive secret shows, live streams that stay private for about six months or 12 months, respectively, between the two things, as well as commercial free versions of the podcast with a little more fan service I give you guys each week. Because if you're listening to the, uh, the regular podcast, it's a stale ending song. If you're listening to the patron version, you get whatever music I thought might fit that episode for the week. So go check that out. Hello, ma'am. My goodness, you have such an attractive little garden here. Oh, thank you, young man. I just planted those flowers last week. My, how they grow. Yes, ma'am. We're from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, the Mormons. That's right. I'm, I'm Elder Young, and this is Elder White. Well, you two boys can just buck right off. Ma'am? You heard me. Take that Book of Mormon and shove it so far up your righteous asses that you choke. You soul-soliciting pig fuckers. Want to get in touch with the Outcasts? It's easy. We're available on most social media platforms as Utah Outcasts. We're on YouTube, Reddit, Patreon, Stitcher, Spreaker, well, shit, you name it. Uh, you can email us via mailbag at utahoutcast.com. You can always leave us a voicemail or text by using 347-669-3377. Or for those of you who are so inclined, click the Contact Us link on our website, utahoutcast.com, and we'll be in touch. Let's go ahead and get into some news. And the first item that I have up for you this week is um, from Reuters. And it's about the Mormon church backing the U.S. measure to protect gay marriage. So, <gasps> and everybody's like, hey, X, you see this? Hey, did you see this item that came up in the news? And I'm like, I got it, guys. Trump, give me a minute. You know, they didn't do this because they thought like, hooray, gay marriage. Nope. There's a reason that they joined in on this whole thing. So anyway, big reason. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or as they used to be known, you know, the Mormons. The Mormons. Not anymore. <laughs> that drives me so insane. I deal with, um, since I deal a lot of stuff with the uh, Kaysville kids sports, there's a lot of Mormon families that come in. And so, like, I have to make sure I don't ever use that word because apparently it's offensive to them these days, you know? Because they've adopted that. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, I'm old enough to remember the. I remember I'm Meet the Mormon Mormons. Campaign. Yeah, Meet the Mormon. This was 2008, 2011 that this was happening. This is not like the long, long ago. No, their current this prophet's is, a weirdo, man. <laughs> Russell M. Nelson. Russell got Nelson. A, we got to change the branding of the church. It's got to only be the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you if you don't name it that, it's a victory for Satan. And I I keep waiting for them to drop the of Latter-day Saints and just make mm-hmm. it the Church of Jesus Christ, you know. I'm I'm waiting yeah. for it <laughs> because but I don't know, that's a little bit too close to to a Church of Christ and so they might not be for that. But yeah. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what 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 crazy thing are the Mormons going to do next? So they, we'll find out. Yeah, they said on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, that it supports proposed federal re- legislation intended to protect gay marriage rights as long. Here's the if, guys. As long as it also protects the right of religious groups to believe such unions are against God's word. Yeah, we'll say we'll let you stay married in this state. You're not going to get married by the church here. 
And honestly, that wasn't happening already, guys. The LDS Church was not right. sanctioning these these couplings, but they still get to continue being religious as religious bigoted assholes that are just going to be like your way of living is wrong. And I have a way I'm I'm allowed to say that because the church signed this thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, and the real the real problem is here. They're pushing through this legislation because <laughs> the the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe versus Wade, yep. had these crazy things in there about how basically, you know, any sort of right like came out of Obergfell yeah. that uh, protected. Uh, and not even not marriage. even just Obergefell, but like say, not even same sex like partnerships. But we're also talking like interracial, interracial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or yeah, or loving v Virginia, right? Like those weren't necessarily you know maybe sanctioned either. And so here's the thing, though, is if the Supreme Court were to overturn Obergefell, then California and Massachusetts and Washington. And, you know, uh, the places that already had it. Yeah. Yeah. 10 to 15 other sane states would go ahead and they would pass their own laws that would codify uh, protections for same sex marriages in their state. Mm -hmm. But with no federal legislation out there, it could be that Massachusetts or Vermont would be like, and because we're sanctioning these marriages, any church that operates within our state would have to sanction these and would have yep. to perform them. And that's what they're scared of. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to go ahead and put this in there so that it doesn't get overturned and they don't have to worry about that happening in California. Yeah, because I remember, fuck, God, it was like 2000. Uh, 2006, 2005, maybe around then when they were doing the, uh, uh, they were doing all the Calif- the prop eight shit that they were had going on in California. Yeah, 2008. Yep. Yeah. That I was, remember that. That was yeah. wild. Crazy. I remember going to a fair around here somewhere like in conservative ass, like Northern Utah. And people were like, would you like to sign the petition against us? I'm like, I already have. And they're like, really? <laughs> like they were surprised that there were, uh, uh, people that were against prop eight like all the way up here. I mean, we had our own version of it uh, here in Utah, but I was just like, yeah, uh, gay marriage. Cool. Do it. (laughs) Yeah. And they're just like, Whoa, Uh, (laughs) I remember, I remember when that came out, the first time we heard about it was actually in church. And I turned to my, my then wife and I said, nothing good is going to come from this. And she like looked at me and she's like, yeah, (laughs) it's like this is gonna be bad this is you know the church taking this stance anytime we insert ourselves into politics it kind of kind of goes bad for us that's kind of how you lost the prophet (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be gonna be very bad so yeah yep so the the utah-based church said in a statement posted on its website uh it's doctrine related to gay marriage that god commanded it between to be between a man and a woman would remain unchanged, but the church said it would support legislation after a bipartisan group of senators negotiated an amendment to the version passed by the U.S. House in July. The change states that the bill would have no impact on religious liberties protected under the U.S. Constitution. 
Specifically, the Senate version states that no church can face a civil lawsuit or other legal action for refusing to provide any service or access to its facilities for any marriage it opposes. Yeah. I mean, and I'm kind of for that. I'm like, cool. You don't, if the church doesn't want to marry people, fine. <laughs> We're not going to force them to do it because that's un American to force people to do shit, guys. <sighs> right. They right. should and, on and their own decide, okay, this is actually a really good idea if we want to survive the next hundred years, but far be it for them to <laughs> listen. <laughs> that's the compromise, though, is yeah. we say you stay out of politics politics stays out of you yep that's that's it and you start smashing that wall down (laughs) yeah like oh all of a sudden you're having to do shit you don't want to do huh i wonder what that feels like church yeah (laughs) so uh the senate is expected to um approve its version of the respect for marriage act as soon as 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 this week the mormon church said that the amended legislation is the way forward they said here's a long quote As we work together to preserve the principles and practices of religious freedom together with the rights of LGBTQ individuals, much can be accomplished to heal relationships and foster greater understanding, the church said. So, and the the bill, the the rest of this article goes to to clarify that says that the bill is intended to ensure the U.S. Supreme Court does not end gay marriage rights, which conservative Justice Clarence Thomas mused was possible when the court in June ended the national right to abortion by overturning Roe versus Wade. Cause he kind of put out there like, I'm I'm gonna make life shitty for the rest of you Americans out there because you've wronged me for a certain number of years. So now I'm gonna revisit it upon you. How the fuck do we allow people like this to still be on the court? Oh, that's right. Lifetime um right. lifetime appointments. Huh. Forgot about that. Right. And and a one one clarification there. They they did vote on it this week. Oh, did they? Okay. And and Romney voted for the bill. Mike Lee voted against it. Because of so. course, man. <laughs> Even no. fucking Mitch McConnell voted against it. <laughs> I'm like, man, oh, if you don't want to be married to your wife anymore, just say so. <laughs> no, well, but, but I mean, but at the same time sorry babe we can't be married anymore because they don't like you (laughs) no but if if the state of kentucky outlawed interracial marriage mitch mcconnell would actually be fine because he would just claim residency in washington Washington, dc he's lived there a fucking long where they would yeah where that would be protected and this is the republican game whether it's voting against marriage inequality or voting against marriage equality or voting right. against an infrastructure bill and then showing up at one of these ceremonies with the hard hat and shoveling <laughs> the, you know, the first thing you get, you get to take the politically craven vote and score some political points with your rabid base. And you still get the benefits you get to reap the benefits of, of, of the yeah. thing because you, your opposition, you know, it's it's all for show. Man, democracy is a real thing, bitch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay, well, that that sucks that Mitch McConnell can be against something yep. and still get the benefits for it. But that's the way it I is. I mean, because honestly, I don't want the people of Kentucky to be like hurt by the votes that McConnell does. Because honestly, I want no. the rest of the people in America to enjoy the same fruits of Washington's labor, I, I guess you would say, <laughs> towards yeah, what, sure. whatever they're trying to pass. 
But at the same time, there's got to be some sort of remediation where we go, you voted against this. Shut the fuck up forever about whatever you're going to do. You can't show up in an event with a shovel and not get booed or tarred and feathered. You know, it, there used to be accountability in government where people would just throw fucking rotten fruit at you. <laughs> yeah. Someone needs a good pieing is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, John Curtis has had like three different photo ops around Utah uh, celebrating building roads and uh, different water projects and so forth in the infrastructure bill that he voted against. Voted against. Motherfucker. Thanks, John Curtis. (laughs) I'm still I'm still crazed by the fact that they were able to redistrict the state that the way they did where like all of the convening lines of the different house seats go through different neighborhoods of Salt Lake City. It's mm-hmm. it's it's literally a swastika shape too, guys. <laughs> Bad. Oh, it's well, terrible. And, yeah. Uh, and but it's, you know, where you have 30 40% of a of a state that doesn't have any political representation because you decided to fracture it every way possible and Mm -hmm. put it into these ridiculous districts where you're going to get 65 to 70% Republican vote every single time. That's it's ridiculous. And it's just wild to me that it's, it's all right now. And it's probably going to be for the rest of my life about what letter you have next to your name. Yep. Yep. I don't get it. I'll never understand it because I, I'm not a sports ball kind of person, so it's like I don't have the whole my team versus your team mentality on a lot of shit, but that's what politics has become, and it's fucking sad, man. Yeah. Well, and as long as it stays that way, then we will continue to allow the worst of the worst to populate these political parties. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if if the only competition you ever have to face electorally is in your primary then all of the political incentives are to be as crazy as possible right that's the reason i i have to be a registered republican in the state even though i i'm not a republican fan i have to be because i that's the only place i'm going to get a chance to pick out who's going to be the representative for me in my state is at the 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 primary you know and unfortunately, that still goes unnoticed because we have a weird caucus system as well. So, <laughs> oh, hey, the, co- the the Utah caucuses. It, it's a race to days. the bottom, man. <laughs> yeah, come stand over here really? if you want to vote for this guy. It's so fucking weird, man. Yeah. Okay, the next news item that I have up here is uh, uh let's see, an airline is uh going to pay three hundred and five thousand dollars. After forcing a Buddhist pilot to attend uh, AA meetings. So triple A meetings. I was going to say triple A meetings. I'm like, no, no, that's not a fucking, he's not got flat tires and need a toe. But After firing a Buddhist pilot for not going through a Christian focused alcoholism recovery program, United Airlines has agreed to award the pilot with back pay and change their policy for similar situations. So at least they ultimately found a way that's, the good way going forward from this point on, I'm sad that it took a lawsuit for them to realize that, but there's a lot yeah. of people that don't quite understand that um, Alcoholics Anonymous is a very religious program. 
Same thing with like and, Narcotics Anonymous and any of the anonymous programs. Yeah. They tend to be very and, and really faith-based. patriarchal too. Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. The, the pilot in question, David Disbrow, had worked for the airline for decades, but in 2017, after being diagnosed with substance abuse, the, his pilot's license was suspended pending completion of a recovery program and all that would have been perfectly appropriate until he began attending meetings for Alcoholics Anonymous specifically tailored for pilots and realized that it was a religious organization. The famous 12 steps include giving yourself over to God or a power greater than ourselves, and his meetings were all held in a Christian church. So that was a problem for this guy because he's a Buddhist and he didn't want to pledge allegiance to the religious views that he didn't hold in a place where he didn't feel comfortable. So soon, he learned about a nearly identical program called the Refuge Recovery, which catered to Buddhists and asked if United, if that would be a sufficient alternative. They said, no, that's where they fucked up, guys. <laughs> yep. It was AA or nothing. That meant he couldn't complete the treatment program, which meant he couldn't get his job back. So basically jobless and not having any way of getting his pilot's license back unless he wanted to go through the religious program. That's a good... That's a good uh, recipe for a uh, a lawsuit that he gladfully won in this case. So, in uh, 2020, he sued the airline with the help of the uh, EEOC, and, and the argument in the lawsuit was fairly simple. United didn't say that there was substantive difference between the two recovery programs. They just forced him to go through the quasi-Christian one, which violated his civil rights. And now, there's finally a resolution. He's going to get his back pay, uh, reinstate him with their Human Intervention Motivational Study, HIMSS, weird, um, the road to getting his license back is what that is, and accommodate staffers in similar situations in the future. The EEOC explained the settlement in a press release. Now, go ahead and read that. Under the consent decree that involves the lawsuit, United will pay the pilot $305,000 in back pay and damages and will reinstate him into the HIMSS program while allowing him to attend a non 12-step peer recovery program. The company will also accept religious accommodation requests in its HIMSS program going forward, institute a new policy on religious accommodations, and train its employees. God, that costs you a lot of money to do this whole program. <laughs> Employers have the affirmative obligation to modify their policies and accommodate employees' religious beliefs, said EEOC New York Regional Attorney Jeffrey Bernstein. If they require their employees to attend AA as part of a rehab program, they must make sure that they allow for alternatives for their employees who have religious objections to AA, which I'm not a pilot, but if I was, I would not want to go to AA. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And so the, uh, the guy that wrote the article here says that it's the right decision. It just shouldn't have required a lawsuit or judges to do so. Absolutely. <laughs> and. You know, this this is one of those situations where it's the try to make me go to rehab. And I said, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If they're trying Before to drag you in else. to make you go through the uh, the through Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, right. It, it just there is a lot of reading to do about AA and it, not only the history um, but the recent history and um, there is a lot of uh, uh, sex predation that happens in AA and NA right now, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, really disturbing. Um, I had 
a, a fairly recent experience a couple of years ago where a family member um, was was going through recovery and they did I, I'll go ahead and use her pronouns. She did not want to go to AA um, because her experience there was so patriarchal and it was a lot of men like sort of yelling at her. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that was, that was how she was taking it. And we were able to find her an alternative course um, that was much less about um and also, she didn't want to do anything that had anything to do about, you know, um, higher powers <laughs> to God or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's just not what I want to do. And so um, she got into a program that was much more focused on uh, therapy and um, mindfulness and, and other like actual psychological uh, techniques and uh had a really great time with it and the the fact that a company like united would be so wed to a religious organization for trying to get people off of alcohol is just baffling because it's like why why and like that doesn't yeah. after having a little bit i mean i i was never in aa i'm not an alcohol well i say to myself i'm not an alcoholic but i'm just saying um <laughs> I've met many a folk that have gone through the AA program and have made that what worked for them to, you know, get off their substance abuse. That's fine. I'm glad it worked for you. Absolutely. But just like religion, they become evangelical about it to the point where they were coming to me and going, hey, X, I think you might have a drinking problem. They're not my friends anymore <laughs> because, look, I drink. I enjoy drinking. I have never been in a situation where it has ruined, you know, uh, relationships that I've had. I don't let it get to the point where it's going to be something where I legitimately have a, a substance abuse problem with. But they would, this same person was like, any amount of it is already a problem. And it's like, okay, well, I have beer. I have a beer after work just to relax a little bit. And that's not even every day. <laughs> mm hmm. It, what I do in my spare time just to relax is none of your fucking business, buddy. <laughs> you know, and it's like not everybody has an addictive personality where that becomes the thing that that makes up their entire personality, you know? Right. <sighs> so that person's yeah. not my friend anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had, you know, I had Toxic, friends man. where. Oh, it's I even worse friends. with with Mormon friends, too. Fuck. I forgot all about that trauma. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, I, I am also not an alcoholic. I would be surprised if I were, since I have actually never drunk. Any, I'm a, I, I left the Mormon church, but I never started drinking. I oh. don't know what my problem is. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I've, I've got, I've got a lot of Exmo friends that that's one of the first things they start doing. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're eventually going to grow out of that. I mean, you're not going to like <laughs> stop drinking, but you're not going to be like the bringing a, oddly nondescript cup with you everywhere that you go to sneak drinks, you know, like, I've, I've been to that point. That's Christmas parties at my, my in-laws house, you know? Well, and that's a sign of problem drinking. If you're not, you know, if you're not able to do it and, and admit that you are drinking, then yeah, you might have <laughs> a bad relationship with alcohol and that might be something you should, 
you should think about. Oh man, my my return missionary brother in law, him and his wife would get smashed at the Christmas parties at the at the, at the in laws house, and I'm like, you fucking hypocrites! I'm the one that's going to take the hit for this because I'm the out in the open drinker. <laughs> it pissed me off so bad. But he's the golden child. He's the good kid. He doesn't drink. Oh, I'm like he's crazy. smashed right now, Debbie. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> and he's a cop <laughs> anyway. Ooh, even even worse. Yeah, there's there's many reasons to hate my brother-in-law. <laughs> but I've you know I've had I've had friends where um, they've one of them has been trying to go through recovery. Yeah, and it's really difficult because it's like. Wait, but you're drinking, so I think you need to stop drinking because I'm stopping drinking. It's like I, I'm okay. Like I'm not an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. You are. You actually shouldn't drink. And yes, maybe I can curtail what I'm doing or whatever. But like, but you're been, polishing off a fifth every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like I can, I can go to a, you know, I can go and hang out with friends and have a drink. I can have a beer after work and it's not a problem, but, um, yeah, it's very different. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, a, thankfully yeah. the people in our, uh, our, um, our patron chat are talking to us about how <laughs> they're like, uh, someone says, uh, religious friends. I think you have a problem with alcoholics, Mormon friends X. I think you have a coffee drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're not far off the mark, but honestly, they're, Okay, the caffeine thing is just a weirdly hypocritical bylaw of doctrine and covenants where it's like it depends on what temperature your drink is. You know? <laughs> well, and it, yeah, I, I mean, I could go really deep into the lore of like mm-hmm. how that how that all came about. But, you know, so much of it is just like late 1800s <laughs> Emma, Emma didn't want to serve coffee to the guys anymore because they kept spitting tobacco on the floor. yeah and it's it's just i don't know it's it's so funny (laughs) it's it's funny but i just i don't know there's so many things to actually judge people for Mm -hmm. like for being really shitty human beings and i just you know one of the reasons why i just couldn't with with the lds church anymore is because that was so important. It's like, oh, you drink coffee, you drink tea, you drink alcohol. That means you're a bad person. It's like, yeah, but this guy over here is like abusing his kids. Right. And it's like, <laughs> oh, well, that's just brother so and so and he's repenting and you know, that's you know, that's between him and the Lord. And it's like, what happened to my free will argument with this one, man? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, but where's my agency? Should, <laughs> yeah. Also, that guy should not be teaching a Sunday school class to 12 year old boys. If he's, you know, if he's slapping his, his kids. Year, yeah. Yeah. You know, Ugh, so fucking anyway, gross. He shouldn't be leading the scouts up in camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's a lot of what else is coming out right now with the with the yep. LDS church and a lot of abuse that's been covered up. But, uh, let's see. I was going yeah. to talk about uh, Candace Cameron being back in the news, but I, I'm going to save this for <laughs> the, the, the patron show, not patron show, but the, uh, the uh, live stream for next week. Uh, she's talking about traditional marriage movies, how they're doomed f- to fail because Hollywood doesn't want that anymore. What does it say that? 
she asked if they were asked if she expects her new channel to feature same sex couples as leads in holiday movies because they're starting a um she's leaving like a cushy gigs with the Hallmark channel for a more sweeping role at a conservative alternative called Great American Family where traditional marriage will take center stage and she said, um, will they feature sex, same-sex couples in their movies? And she said, no, I think the Great American Family will keep traditional marriage at the core. And we'll, we'll get to more of that next week on the live stream. So um, <laughs> remember, guys, that she's Kirk Cameron's sister. And so there's, the, there's a lot of what you would hear from him coming through her. So uh, we do have a... Um, I want to play a trailer for a new movie coming out from God. What is his name? The banana man, Ray comfort. And you're going to have to give me a second. I oh. think, I think we are all set up for us to go on this one. I just need to bring up the video because I can't believe that, that Ray is making a new movie. You are about oh, to watch. On, the- stop. What is it? Tra- Ray, stop it. Stop it. So I can't wait. This is fun. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> Yep. Okay. So it is ready to go. Let me change out of studio mode and just swap it over here. There we go. There's Ray Comfort and uh, EZ is the other guy's name to his left. And to the guy to his right, I have no idea who that nerd is, but Ray's looking pretty goddamn old these days. So, all right, I'm going to go ahead and let it play. Make sure you stick around until the end. We have a very important announcement. The president of Planned Parenthood went before Congress and argued for infanticide. I don't believe that even for a second. Oh, God. It's already bad, dude. It's <laughs> talking about Margaret Sanger, which if you're going to be judging people in 2022 by the actions of some like. God, when, how, when was Margaret Sanger? When, hang on. Let me. That was the early 1900s. That's uh... that was like still when we had. um <laughs> Like Kellogg still doing shit, you know, 1879 to 1966. So, yeah, people are allowed to, uh, to grow. I mean, yes, she was all about the eugenics back then, but that's not to say that that's what Planned Parenthood is, is about now, you know. And you, uh, since I know a lot of these folks, you go yep. talk to folks at Planned Parenthood now about the legacy of Margaret Sanger. And they'd be like, "Fuck her." <laughs> there's like, yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a story that they would tell you that the, they're very much like moving away from that. So, yep. yeah. so here's a uh, Living Waters. You know, when we talk about third trimester abortions, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable, and then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Okay, so, like, there are already laws in place for when a child is born and the mother wants to kill it, or the doctor wants to kill it. That's called infanticide. It's also a type of homicide. There's already laws on the books, man. (laughs) Holy shit. At the beginning of time, people have attempted to dehumanize certain types of people. There should be a safe way to get rid of a baby. I would absolutely kill a baby right now if I needed to. We are a nation that is quickly losing its moral compass. If somebody told me that they murdered somebody. Oh, they've been saying that for hundreds of years now. (laughs) We've been losing our moral compass since like this country was founded. If you look at the people that were the 
abolit not the abolitionists the the people that would the uh the puritanical motherfuckers that wanted to get rid of alcohol you also had them like as soon as they got as soon as they got prohibition on the books what did they start doing they started going after more stuff they started going after cigarettes they started going after everything else that they didn't like you know well like it, we're, since it's the week of thanksgiving right the puritans the fucking puritans <laughs> came here because they're like England and Europe has lost its moral compass and we are going to live this very, very strict uh, view of Christianity. When, when I tell my kids, I'm like, yeah, the, no. the Puritans didn't what, like Christmas wasn't celebrated. What? No, I'm like, no. no, it wasn't. And smiling was frowned upon. <laughs> what are you talking Literally. about? If you were happy, you weren't serving God. And they're like, what? And I'm like, we're not hearing about this in our school. I'm like, of course you fucking aren't. <laughs> or like, the the use of color like bright colors and things was was mm-hmm. uh eschewed because it's uh, you're you're distracting you're distracting from you know suffering from being a a puritan where you need to you need to have a shitty life so you can earn your afterlife kind of thing god the puritans were a, a fucking ragged bunch of fun people weren't they yeah. uh, and anyway. if you if you didn't believe exactly what they were pulling out they're like we're throwing you out of the colony and you can like you can go survive go live in the wilderness go to <laughs> rhode island go to connecticut go to uh, go to new york go to those heathens <laughs> yeah so all right I wouldn't take it upon myself to judge them. At what point does it become a beat? I don't know exactly. There have been more than 61 million abortions in the United States since it became legal in 1973. Literally everyone has an opinion. If we get pregnant, we get pregnant. When does it, when does it become a lie? Whatever the Supreme Court said, that's it. I'm staying with it. It doesn't matter if it goes against science. Okay. <laughs> wow. So they're, they're doing the whole, they're trying to figure out, they're trying to play the whole viability game. You know, and on top yeah. of that, it's it's all the same arguments you've heard against abortion from every single creations that you could possibly ever run into. Primarily, the whole sixty million abortions since you know whenever Roe versus Wade became a thing. That number is vastly inflated, and it's also not counting the oh I don't know I'm gonna since they're throwing out numbers the one billion abortions caused by God <laughs> by. Just natural, spontaneous abortion. Yeah. Like every single miscarriage, every single, like what? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. So the name of the movie is called, um, what, what, what's the name of it here? What is it is what it's called. What is it? So. Your doctor. I think it becomes a human when it starts to develop. From the moment of conception, it begins to develop. That's true. I'm going to see if students are willing to sign a petition to legalize post-birth abortion. Hey, Chief, you want to sign a petition to legalize late-term abortion? Uh, sure. It's after the child's <laughs> actually been born. It's within the first 30 days is the idea, is the concept. Okay, fair enough. But, but for the option. At the end of the day, it's always going to be the woman's choice. This isn't politics. This is common sense. There are only four differences between the pre-born and the newborn, and none of them define our value as human beings. Is getting an abortion the same as removing one's fingernails? No. No. (laughs) Oh, my God, man. Or removing a lung. It's a crime to kill an eagle's egg. Yet if a woman decides to kill her own child, we call her brave. I'm, I'm rethinking my pro, my pro-choice thing. Kathy, would you kill it? Would I kill what? What? Would you kill it? Kill what? Kill it? Kill. What is it? 
you should be able to have an abortion we're in america right all right so come in april 2023 get look get get used to the fact that i'm probably going to look at this and watch it for you guys <laughs> because i just wanted to talk once again about uh, late term abortions because there's none of this um they're born and then murdered bullshit that they're trying to talk about there and late term abortions are exceptionally rare the cdc found that only 1.3% of the abortions in the U.S. were performed after 21 weeks of gestational time. That's according to 2015 data. 1.3. And at that point, there's no, there's no person that goes past 21 weeks that doesn't want to have that kid, you know, unless they were forced into it kind of thing. There are right. situations where there are changes to it. But usually people, after carrying a child within them for, not child, a fetus in them for like the first six months, a lot of the time they're looking forward to it. They want to have the nursery set up. They want to have the kid born. They've already got names picked out. They've had the, they've had the, the bridal shower. They've had, not bridal shower, sorry, the baby shower. Baby shower. They've had all of the stuff getting ready in anticipation. The nesting instinct kicks in. They're ready to have this kid. But only 1.3%. And they have to face a terrible choice when it comes to that. Like your kid has developed certain kinds of things where their heart's going to be born on their outside or their brain's not developing the way they need it to. Or, you know, if you give birth to this child, it, it will le legitimately kill you. You know, there are situations where it's a bad time. That 1.3%, none of them enjoyed the fact that they did this. Yeah. To go against the conservative way of thinking that people are having um, abortions as some sort of prophylactic against having kids or what is it? Birth control by abortion is what they try to say it is. So, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. And and you, we can we can see the actual uh, consequences of what has happened uh, with all of these anti-abortion laws now coming mm -hmm. into place. Uh, just last week in the state of Ohio, a woman who was traveling away from her home, I can't remember uh, what state she was coming from, but she was visiting family in Ohio uh, and was six, seven months pregnant. And uh, the fetus's heart stopped beating. Yep. And, you know, a horrible tragedy. And she went to the hospital and needed you know, you know, needed uh, care to um, to remove the fetus. It was dead. It was dead tissue. And she's already grieving this. Yep. Her partner is grieving this and they won't do it because it runs afoul of the state of Ohio's abortion law. Yep. And so now she's in danger of getting of, sepsis from this, of yeah. getting sepsis from this and has to go to another state to get care. And, and this is not an isolated incident. This is happening in multiple places place. now with all of these snap laws going into place. Uh, at, least, just, at least at least 1.3% of them <laughs> of all yeah. these cases. Well, and <sighs> it's, it's terrible. And the fact that we think we can pass a law that sees all of these things, or we can just say, you know what? We you can't legislate going, this. You can't fucking legislate can't this. this. You can't, can't granular, this. granularize, granularize this whole thing. Those words sometimes just escape me. 
Um, you yeah. can't, you can't make a law with clear enough definitions for everything because there's always going to be something different. Right. And everyone in these cases, that's why it's left up to the choice between the, the, the mother and the doctor. Right. And yes, and only mother and doctor, the husband should, the husband doesn't have a fucking right in this case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what it should be. It just, it makes it simple. And yeah, you can guess what? Uh, I can be personally anti-abortion. You know what? I've never gotten anybody pregnant who yep. did not want to be pregnant. Yep. And I have never uh, contributed to anybody having an abortion. Great. That's how you can live your life if you're anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. But if someone else, you know, is pregnant accidentally, then you know, then they get to make that choice yep. because they don't have the same value system that I might have. That's, that's just the way we live in this country. I, I wish what, we yeah. lived in a world where no one had to get an abortion. I wish sure. there was education for kids where they were, had, had better heads on their shoulders when it came to having sex, you know, when it came to the sexual education, I wish that there were chances of people having better ways of stopping pregnancy before they happen. But when the mm-hmm. final, when it actually does happen, I, I want there to be a choice for them to be able to do so. I don't think it's a, a wonderful thing. You know, that's the thing that the right seems to have about this is that they think we're like, we're going, yay, let's get drinks. You're having that baby. You're yeeting, yeeting the fetus out of that lady. And it's like you do that tongue in cheek because it, they're trying to show that like they're not going to be controlled by the fact of having a kid that they don't want to have. It's not like right. a really like, hooray, I murdered that son of a bitch. You know, it's not that's not what abortion is in my mind either. I'm just saying that that's the rights portrayal of how we celebrate somebody else making a choice that they think is the best for them. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, Ellen Cleghorn who used to be on Saturday night live in the early nineties, mm-hmm. but she had a routine that she did a stand up routine where she's like, if men carried babies, we would not talk about abortion the way we would. Nope. Men would be all out there like, yo, I got that abortion today. <laughs> it's like celebrating it. And it's just like, yeah, that's right. That's right, homie. That's yep. what we did. And it's like, yeah, because it, it, when it comes right down to it, like 90% of this is just the goddamn patriarchy. Yep. And, you know, like, you uh, don't want to have my kid. How dare you? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know so if you are anti-abortion great be personally anti-abortion right live your life in such a way that you are not contributing to anyone being unintentionally pregnant and and go your way that's fine great just don't remove that access from anybody else you know right yeah you don't agree with it that's fine don't have it (laughs) yeah exactly yep exactly that God damn it. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears and we're going to do a fun little quick video from a guy by the name of uh, Shane Vaughn. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. He's a he's a MAGA pastor who who at one time went to prison for um, insurance fraud, which just makes me oh, laugh good. because I like bringing up his history anytime I possibly can. I'm kind of just doing greatest hits, you know, this week on the show. I'm just hitting some of the stuff we haven't talked about in a while. So here's uh here's this guy. <laughs> You're, you're not going to be ready for his uh, Sylvester the Cat voice. Just give it a second. Uh, there was no okay. red wave. Abortion changed everything. 
And even though all the polls were showing that the economy was the main issue, abortion is a religious issue. And religion creates more passion than anything in the world. If you don't believe it, go to a church meeting where there's a debate going on. So I I would argue that uh, religion doesn't create all the passion around stuff. Uh, Money does. (laughs) Yeah, good point. (laughs) Religion creates passion. And there's a religion of demons that loves abortion. Oh, okay. See? Just like I was telling you guys, it kind of just shoehorns in right here. Demons? This is what they think of people who support abortion. This is exactly what they think. But, you know, the reason that the red wave didn't happen as much as they wanted it to is because there were demons celebrating their religion of abortion is basically what he's trying to get to here. That religion of (laughs) pro-abortion showed up. It was bigger than anybody understood. How about it's a civil rights issue, Shane? Huh? Why, right. why are you not couching it as that, where you're, you've essentially taken choice away about somebody's own bodily autonomy away from half, actually more than half, of the United States citizens? What the, what the fuck did you guys think was going to happen? You think people were just going to be like, nah, I'm cool with it. You know, the, I got tired of having to deal with it anyway. I might as well just. Well, these gas prices are so high. I mean, <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter that, you know, Shane thinks I should be in a baby incubator. You know, that's I, fine. I just you know. all these people that are starting the 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 Biden kid investigation that they want to start up. And it's like, oh what the God. fuck happened to inflation with you guys? <laughs> I mean, we know, we all know it was a global issue that they were not going to do a goddamn thing about, but they're going to blame Biden for it. But right. Jesus Christ, man, because of the passion that those demonic powers create in their church of heathens <laughs> that love to um, heathen is a term for like polytheistic as well. It's not a non-religious kind of thing. You know, heathen was stolen uh- from those people. <laughs> I want to know where this church meets because I don't know. I haven't been getting the memos or anyway, yeah. here's this kill babies. Now that's why there was no red wave abortion. Had it mm-hmm. not been for the abortion issue, I promise you the whole country would be red today. Mm, no, right. <laughs> I think it would be a, a much more decisive win, but I don't think it was mm-hmm. going to be the the murder that they thought it was going to be, you know, because no. they were talking like Republican plus 70. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, Republicans plus 15. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, instead of plus five, which is what it looks like it's going to be. Yeah. And it's like, OK, good luck having a caucus. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, let's hope that they just run around like fucking with their heads stuck up their ass the entire next two years. It's going to suck, but it could have sucked a lot harder. So indeed. Anyway, what happened in Pennsylvania? Anybody that could vote for that monster. Are they talking Fetterman? What the Fetterman? fuck? Where are they? That monster? That monster? Just because he's lurchy? You know, is, is that what we're going off of here? Oh, my God. 
You I were going to vote Oz, the guy that like would allow B-17 supplements to be sold in fucking stores again. You know, Oz, the puppy murderer. But you're <laughs> you're calling John Fetterman the, the monster, the guy that wears a hoodie just because yeah. I understand being a big guy, what it is to want to wear comfortable shit all the time. I see John Fetterman wearing a suit and I'm like, you could tell he hates every minute of that. <laughs> well, and he doesn't it doesn't look look right on him you're like oh dude no yeah this isn't this isn't you you're not you're not a suit guy i get it yep <laughs> uncle fester yep okay there we go it's uncle fester is what he said uh, uncle fester is not was not a tall person that's the, is it because he's bald is, is is that the basis of their bullshit they've got oh i think God. it's gotta be uh, yeah i think they're conflating lurch and uncle fester though you know, really. or kind of mixing him together, and it's just like, yeah, yeah. stupid. You know, uh, what did you have against his policy, Shane? What was against his? Yeah. What about his policy that you didn't like? Oh, you don't have anything to say about that? Just the way that he looked. Well, yeah. I've certainly got some words for your gelled fucking hair. You know, <laughs> proves to me the power of demonic activity in the world today. <laughs> That's the only way you could vote for that man. That's it. And those demons did show up. And those demons do have power over this earth. All right. So that's all we got for that one. God damn it. (sighs) Wow. Demons. (laughs) Demons voting in Pennsylvania. Demons voting all across the United States because they want to murder babies. And it's like, bro, if you looked at an eight-week fetus, you would not be able to call it a baby. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that so much that, like, Somebody came out with pictures of what uh, aborted material looked at in like different stages, like before you even get to the main band that you have at the 15, 16 weeks. And it looks literally like somebody just sneezed into a fucking handkerchief. You know, it's just mucus pretty much or, you know, protein, the strands. It's not really much of anything. And that's mostly uterine lining. It's not good. I hate it. Right. I hate these people. It's so like, much. you know, and you can you can be a humanist and have respect for human life and say yes you know we we should have respect for uh the fact that this is potentially could become a human being Mm -hmm. but you have to hold that in balance with the bodily autonomy yeah the person carrying forms human being yeah Yeah. Uh and yeah. You're, you're going to cause harm to something that exists for having it do something you, it doesn't want to do. Right. That goes and against humanism entirely. You know? Right. If you can, and if you can force mm-hmm. a woman to have a, to have an abortion or excuse me, to carry a child against her will, yeah. then you can force another human to give up a kidney uh, to someone else because because it will because it's for the greater good you know because it's for the greater good yep so you have to you know so you have to hold these things in balance but so this person's dying like they yes, need your kid they need your lung you know yeah let's have we can have we can have respect for you know this is life and this is not something that we're doing lightly mm-hmm. but also be like yeah but come on right like yeah that about does it wraps are all up and it was a pretty good story don't you think made me laugh to beat the band parts anyway i guess that's the way the whole darned human comedy keeps perpetuating itself 
down through the generations, westward the wagons, across the sands of time until we... Oh, look at me. I'm rambling again. Well, I hope you folks enjoyed yourselves. Catch you later on down the trail. Say, friend, get any more of that good stuff? All right, so wrapping it up for the week, uh, before we leave, I want to give uh, people a bit of something that they can do for, like, some homework or something, or a way to get to know the panelists a little bit better. So for your parting shot, uh, let's go ahead and suggest something something to the fine folks out there. I'm going to go first. There is a delightful little anime series that started up this uh, these last couple of months called Do It Yourself, and it's literally a show with, like, uh, teenage girls go into a high school where they join a do-it-yourself club where they learn how to like do DIY projects, woodworking and stuff. There's no big stakes to it at all. There's no grand love triangles. There's no drama or anything. It's just kids being in a club and enjoying doing like crafting stuff and showing other people how to do it. You know, like it, it literally shows like plans on how to make like a, a tablet stand for your bedroom or oh. something. And I'm like, this is really cool for like kids to be able to like watch something like this and go, Hey mom, dad, can we go to the store and pick up the stuff to make something like this? Because I mean, I, I live out here in rural ass Utah where, you know, doing it yourself is a, there's a lot of do it DIY stuff in Utah. I mean, it's just a cultural thing here mm-hmm. and I've done woodworking for fucking ever, you know? So I see something that looks neat and I just look at the plans of, I mean, not even plans, but just look at something I see in a store and I'm like, I can make that. <laughs> and then I go home and I make it for fractions of whatever it would cost to actually buy the thing, you know? So it, it's, I love woodworking. So it's neat to see them trying to get folks like in Japan that live in like giant megalopolises to, to try to like do stuff that they can do on their own. So it's, it's kind of neat. So ma- just pick up your tools, make your own stuff. And I'm glad they're trying to get kids to do so because we have become a culture where you just buy it, throw it away. You know, there's no fixing it up. There's no making it better. There's no working on, you know, making something improved or, you know, if you just run into a problem at home, being able to splice it together at the last minute. I mean, I've, I've done some projects where my wife's like, how do you know how to do this? And I'm like, it just kind of makes sense that way. <laughs> it's like, right. You just, there you go. You just slap something together and like, Hey, it works. Hey, great. You know, <laughs> But yeah, fun little show. I think awesome. it's fun. And that's an anime. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And I was just, it's just, it has the main character in the, in the show is like, uh, let's see it. Her, her name is Yua and her last name is Serufu. So it's like yourself. It's, it's the bastardization oh, of that that's word. Fun. And so she joins this club. She's like, yeah, it's kind of funny, but she's, she's just a, she's kind of ditzy and gets in accidents all the time. So going into woodworking, she gets cuts and scrapes and stuff. And she's, it's funny because her next door neighbor, best friend is like going to this super technical college right next door to her school where it's like all about 3d printing and, and uh, cutting edge technology. And she gets her to slow the fuck down and like do some crafting projects. I'm like, this is cool, man. (laughs) That's great. Not everything's got to be fucking futurism and programming. There's some, there's something to be said about crafting shit out of stuff that you just find on the beach, you know, which is an episode. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, and I love that anime is such a wide ranging medium that you can have that. You can have spy X family. You can have attack on (laughs) Titan. You can have, you know, 
classics like Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. and all of that like exists and you're just that's that's fun. Yep. Um I I I my eldest kid really likes anime. I'm gonna uh, <laughs> I'm gonna recommend that to them. Yeah, it's a fun show. It's on a it's on Crunchyroll, so I'm sure it's on Funimation and all the other places as well. So nice. And that's, it's it's simulcast right now, so I think they're like six or seven episodes deep. So you can catch up on season one before it even finishes. So good show. Nice. It's nice. got a neat little art style to it. It's not taken so seriously. It's kind of just kind of a very just laid back show. So it's like good therapy, you know. <laughs> nice. You're like, hey, that's not great. everything's politics and the world's fucking ending. There's just a kid making a fucking bookshelf. And she fucks up the screw and her friend doesn't go, hey, you screwed that up. She's like, no, it adds character to it. <laughs> like, like, oh, oh my great. God, man. <laughs> I, I needed that because it's like, hey, you're just learning how to do this. Don't worry about it. And I, I have to say, there is a character on the show where she is a an American exchange student to Japan, which is funny to me because when she enrolled to go to the schools, like she got the kanji looks so similar to each other that she got like just the wrong one that she picked for the wrong school. So she ends up going to the lower technology school instead of going to the high tech school but it's it's english on a level that you don't see very often anymore so it's like she speaks in english terms but it's so japanized it's not even funny (laughs) wow good job and i'm like oh no Uh, no (laughs) (laughs) oh it's good times though love it i mean because they're speaking japanese great and trying to do english i can barely do the opposite so (laughs) (laughs) that's wonderful (sighs) yeah good times what about you you got anything you want to share with people uh yes um people have not been checking out this show enough um i have been loving andor oh my god (laughs) yeah it's so good it's so good it it the the first couple episodes, yeah, very it's slow, kind of slow, very slow. Burn. It's like, but it's like watching uncut gems where you you just see someone making increasingly poor decisions and the tensions ratcheting up, and then you know there's finally a release. Then you get a small arc where it's a heist movie. Yep, for a couple episodes, and then you get a few episodes where it's a prison break movie, but the subtext in all of it is about the, not only the banality of evil, but the, all of the ways in which power is corrupting people and the ways people are dealing with, uh, the, the tightening of the screws Mm -hmm. in their daily lives everywhere, every day, and the compromises that they have to make. And you see that on the political level, you see that, um, just, you know, on the, on the ground level with these people. And you see this like fledgling rebellion starting to be cobbled together and what they're willing to do and what they're willing not to do or what they're not willing to do. Um, it's, it's just so good. And yeah, it demands a lot from you. And But it's grown it up just, Star Wars. God, man. It's it's, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> it's grown up Star Wars. And um, I mean, I I loved Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so glad that they were gonna do something with Cassie and Andor. I I could not have imagined it would be like this. I thought it was gonna be kind of a shoot 'em up 
Yeah, uh, I, I like didn't a, think like they were going to spy thriller. I didn't think it was going to be this much like intrigue and like human drama that was happening because there's been so many character arcs for people that would just be background characters if you had a Jedi involved somewhere. Right. But these people are right. all completely fleshed out and like whole stories. Even people in the Empire that you think are pieces of shit, they still have very interesting character arcs, you know? Those are my favorite characters, are are some of the Imperials. I just, I love them. Like the one guy that makes it like inter-office politics, where the other lady's talking about how it's like, fuck, this isn't, this is going to be bad, (laughs) y'all. Uh, yeah. and, and I love the I love the fact that the, the 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 two characters that are trying to spend their lives playing two different people are realizing really fucking fast that that's impossible. You know, yep. <laughs> even the people that they have. I mean, Jesus Christ, this last episode that came out and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but you see a certain somebody come back from like you would see from like rebels or from Rogue One and stuff that might narrow it down for somebody. But there's a whole development of that guy's paranoia and how it's going to destroy him. And it ultimately does, you know, because we see what happens to him, but it's like, you don't, you don't expect to see that much character development in a 35 minute episode, you know, where, yeah. Oh my God. And the, the guy that they have, the scars guard guy that's playing the scars guard. Um, yeah. Jesus Lucan Christ. Give him name. more roles, yeah. man, because he's yeah. so good. Like I liked him as the uh, the Baron Harkonnen. I liked him as the scientist in the Marvel movies. Yeah, uh, but man, him playing Luthen on this one, especially that last three minutes with the Empire. Not going to give spoilers, mm-hmm. but holy shit, man! <laughs> and and I think last last week's episode, he does this monologue, and I think it's the best dialogue that's ever been said. That's when he was talking to that one guy after the elevator scene, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So like I have I have made my mind a a walled off dark place or whatever because of the horrible shit that I have exactly to do. Yeah. And the horrible things I'm going to have to do because my enemy will use them before I can and so I have to get to them before he, they do and just like mm-hmm. how it's like being in a rebellion real. you have to play the same game that the other people are playing otherwise you're going to lose. And I love that there's a certain senator that's starting to realize huh, I can't dip my toes into both sides of the pond, you know. I mean, ultimately, she does end up running everything and just getting out of the Senate entirely, but you get to see what led to that. And so, and the lady they have playing her, Oh, she looks exactly like the original Mon Mothma. I love she it. Does. She's so good. She's so She's good. So good. And <laughs> I could, I mean, uh, as I as I started the episode, talk about how much I love politics. I mean, I could watch a Mon Mothma Senate politics star wars all the time but what i love is i get a little slice of that mm-hmm. every week or every other week and there are five other storylines going on at the same time and you know we're we're just dosing it out mm-hmm. every little bit there's so much tension and uh the way that this show deals with tension and release of tension and uh and what we see and what we don't see i just it's it's phenomenal. And I don't know why I'm blanking on the guy's name, but when he showed up in the prison episode, I was just like, oh, well, he's going to suck. Andy Circus. Yeah, Andy Circus is just going to chew the scenery oh, for the man. rest of this, the whole time he's here. And by God, he did. And Cassian Andor so did a good job acting against him to not have him suck everything out of the scene. Man, because Andy Circus, yeah. like he comes on screen like 
Black Panther was great, but any scene where you had Ulysses Claw in there, it's like, I'm watching him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it, and it's it's like a different world. And he I, I just yeah. And he's and he he's he's so good. And they're there for it, like there's real time passing, real shit happening on the show where it's like it's not like everything wrapped up in like a three day span like you got with uh Obi-Wan, you know. Right. It's like a oh, real fucking hard time spent, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and we don't know everything. It's so great. We only know what these characters know and what they don't know is so fucking much. It's great. Oh man, just the just the episode where uh, in this this last one it, it's not giving anything away, but the fact that there's a rebel group waiting in a town and serving Imperials that are waiting for something at the same time. And like two ships passing in the night, not, one doesn't know that they're Imperial. One doesn't know that they're a rebel <laughs> and just asking questions upon each other. And I'm like, God, this is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. It's such a good show. And I can't figure out why more people aren't watching it. So, nope, but um, I, I mean, I tried to watch the, uh, what is it? The Jedi Chronicles or whatever that came out oh, with yeah, the short yeah. series. I like those. And yeah, I, I watched the one that had Yaddle in it where went against mm-hmm. Dooku and stuff. I'm like, well, okay, well that explains why it got deleted from the Imperial archive. I mean, not the Imperial, but the, the Jedi archive and stuff, but yeah. I haven't caught enough of them, but like the first one with the Soka, I was just like, meh, <laughs> you know, I think honestly, the, the, the best things about star Wars are not the Jedi Sith things that you've got going on. It's the rise of fascism being fought against by like ragtag groups of rebels that, I mean, it's, it's really reflecting a lot of what's going on in the world, man. And I think that's a much more interesting story than space wizards with like laser swords, you know? Yeah. Well, and like, who's, who's the more interesting character, Luke Skywalker or Han Solo? Everybody wants to know what that scruffy-looking nerf herder is doing. You know, <laughs> yeah. Everybody likes Han Solo. Han Solo is the the better character. You need Luke Skywalker. You need that in there. You need that paragon. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, but <laughs> but Han Solo is the better character, and you know we need we need that side. So and that's and Andor is giving us that in spades. Yep. So I think it's a goddamn good show that more people should be watching. So absolutely and i'm glad that you're you're on that page with me so anyway um let's go ahead and get out of here so thanks to everyone for your support you can always shoot us an email or a text that's a three four seven six six nine three three seven seven or uh shoot us an email mailbag at utahoutcast.com i will gladly read it maybe not bring it up on the show sometimes but be interesting uh that means that episode number 401 is officially in the can and remember everyone you're welcome unless you got a sign off you got a sign off andy No, you're welcome. No, you're welcome. (laughs) No, you're welcome. No, you're welcome. (laughs) Bye, everybody.